Ken's Lounge is a bar in Granite City, Illinois. It's been around for almost 50 years. There's this big steel mill next to it and a hospital about a block away. And this bar opens early, like 6 a.m. early. There's shift workers everywhere in Granite City, Pontoon, Edwardsville. So you need to open up 6 a.m. because there's a lot of people getting off work at 6. Robin Will owns this place, and she takes a lot of pride in making people feel welcome here. Well, they can come in and get a pizza. Sometimes we're cooking in the morning. In the summer, I'll fry up green tomatoes a couple times throughout the summer, and they'll all pile in for that. The walls are filled with neon beer signs and cardinal signs and photographs of the regulars. And then there are these little vases with flowers that Robin sets out on the bar every day. Robin has lived in Granite City for more than 30 years. She's seen a lot of the area's ups and downs. She knows all the regulars, and she can tell who's just passing through. Sometimes we have conversations with people. It'll be a single person come in, and uh, I notice they're watching the clock. And so you always strike up a conversation. And they're always like, well, I just had to bring somebody to town. And I said, oh, at the clinic? And they look down, they go, yeah. Robin is talking about the Hope Clinic for Women. The bar is just a block away, and the clinic provides reproductive health care, including abortions. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade in June, the clinic is already seeing a lot more patients. I wanted to come to Southern Illinois because it's this really unique place when you look at a map of America with all of the abortion bans that have taken effect or are going to take effect very soon. There's this sea of red for the bans in the map that I'm imagining. And then there's this little island of blue that dips down into that red mass. And that is Southern Illinois. It is the closest place where thousands and thousands and thousands of women are going to be coming to for abortions when they can't get abortions anywhere else. There is an estimate from Planned Parenthood that 14,000 people could come to Southern Illinois just in the next year. Robin doesn't actually know what this is going to mean for her business, but she's ready to welcome more people into her bar. Revenue is always good. Revenue is always good. 46 businesses have closed in Granite City since 2015. It's this old steel mill town, and it could really use a boost. And now people here are grappling with the prospect of that happening because of abortion. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Elahe Izadi, in for Martine Powers. It's Thursday, August 4th. Today, we're spending time in a conservative-leaning community at the bottom of a blue state. The Hope Clinic for Women opened in Illinois in 1974. For decades, out-of-state patients have been traveling there from places with more restrictive abortion laws, like Missouri, which is a short drive across the Mississippi River. But with the overturn of Roe, this small community is expecting an influx of patients, unlike anything they've ever seen. 
The Post's abortion reporter Caroline Kitchener and audio producer Ariel Plotnick recently traveled to Granite City and talked to people about how this post-Roe era could reshape their hometown. They're going to pick things back up, starting with Caroline. We spent a lot of time sitting down with people in Granite City. We went to places like Ken's Lounge, the clinic, a church, an ice cream store, a senior center. We also went to the areas right outside the Granite City limits. That's where you have more restaurants, more hotels. That's where most people are actually going to be staying when they come. Uh, I go by Katie here. Yeah. So that's just... But just your last... Like, why do you not want to use your last name? It's mostly because with past issues that we've had with some people that have stayed here, I'd rather not have my last name. Katie works at the front desk of the Magnuson Hotel Camelot. It's in a neighboring town called Pontoon Beach. She spends her shift standing behind this glass partition, welcoming people as they walk in, including people who come here to get abortions. We did have um, someone here just last month. She had it done because she can't go through a pregnancy because of high-risk factors. Um, She would come through and talk to me constantly, updating me. She was the sweetest person ever. How did she tell... Did she just kind of offer this up, that that was why she was here? Yeah, she checked in. She said why she was there, because they wanted the Hope Clinic discount. The Hope Clinic discount. That gives patients 15% off their hotel stay. When I first started here, I didn't know what the Hope Clinic was. And I learned about it through people checking in. Through this drive? Yeah. There are a couple of reasons why abortion patients would need to stay the night. Sometimes abortions are a two-day procedure. And sometimes it's just because people have traveled from really far away. Katie has worked at the hotel for five years. She's about to turn 23, and she told us that here in her hometown in Southern Illinois, there's so much tension around abortion. Katie is gonna see this surge of people firsthand. You know, she talked about a lot of the patients that she had seen. One in particular stood out to her who asked if she could buy one of the blankets from the hotel so that she would have something to take with her during her procedure and stay warm and comfortable with. You know, Katie, you can tell that she really cares about these patients that she's seeing come in and out, and she takes the responsibility of being there for them quite seriously. The Hope Clinic is a 15-minute drive from the hotel. And I know this is the garage door where I know the providers come in and out of. But it's just surrounded by parking lots. It's just kind of... And walking around the parking lots, we noticed the license plates on the cars. Quite a bit of Illinois. Many of them were from out of state. Some from places where abortion is now illegal. Tennessee. Missouri. We got a Kentucky over here. Arkansas. Really got everything. Hope Clinic, this is Francis. How can I help you? We visited the Hope Clinic four days after Roe was struck down. 
And like almost everyone who walks into the building, we talk to Frances Moran. She answers the phones, scheduling patients, hoping to get abortions. And she's getting a lot more calls lately. Seems like things have been crazy. Yeah. On Friday, like after SCOTUS released, we ended up by the end of the day having 600 and something. (gasps) What? Yeah. That's a really big jump. It's three times the amount of calls that the clinic got the day before. And they are already you know, springing into action, trying to figure out how can we see as many people as are calling us. They are already planning to hire at least five new staff members. They're planning to add nighttime hours. They're planning to add another day of abortion care every week. They want to try to see as many people as they possibly can. And we were just really struck by how kind and calm Francis was on the phone. This is, you know, so many people, a lot of them pretty emotional, calling, um, trying to get an appointment, and she handled it with a lot of grace. Questions before then, just give us a call. Um, but until then, we will see you on July fifteenth at nine a.m. Okay. Alrighty then. We will see you then. See you later, Tater. You're very welcome. All right, bye-bye. Tell me about later, Tater. (laughs) Um, I started doing that when I worked at Waffle House. It's just like a nice thing. I don't know, people like laugh and they giggle, but I'm like, see you later, Tater. (laughs) You know, Um, and I think like that just like makes people like giggle a little. Hope Clinic, this is Francis, how can I help you? So we knew what was coming. We knew this decision was here. The owners of the clinic, they were ready to see more patients, but it didn't make it any easier. We've been talking about it for years and months now leading up to this. How do you prepare for that? How do you build capacity? But it's really difficult. Chelsea Sauter and her business partner, Julie Burkhart, bought the clinic a couple of months ago. The deal was in progress for a while. They knew that if Roe fell, they'd need more staff to provide abortion care. But they didn't know exactly when that would happen. So they've had to wait, only adding resources once it was clear. Their clinic would be getting more patients. A big part of it is staffing, right? Like, we're still looking, we're still hiring people. I would say there's probably four frontline workers and a a handful of doctors. (laughs) It's basically trying to do 10 things at once, or maybe it's 100 things at once. Anyway, but that's that's one of the things that we're really also trying to get our arms around is, you know, where are the other um, staffing needs that maybe we don't know coming in, and maybe even people aren't seeing right now that are needed because we haven't, you know, just now we're seeing this increase. As you walk up to the clinic, somebody had written on the sidewalk in white chalk, don't do it. When you come up to the parking lot, there are always, always anti-abortion activists 
that approach you. And one pretty unique thing about this clinic is how close they can get to you. There's really no fence or barrier of any kind between the protesters and the patients. And so when Ariel and I got out of the car, they came right up to us, assuming that we were there for an abortion. Some of the protesters belong to organizations like Sidewalk Advocates for Life. They wear these light blue crossing guard type vests and they carry pamphlets, trying to give them to pregnant people walking into the clinic, trying to push them towards continuing their pregnancies. Jerry Cap works with Sidewalk Advocates for Life and he's been protesting outside Hope Clinic for about three years. Typically what I do is I wave and I smile, you know. I might, you know, I ask if they came from out of state, you know, how was the drive and, you know, what do you guys talk about coming over here? If you have an appointment, are you here for a procedure? You know, those kind of things. Or I might just start and say, you know, I, I know you have a lot on your mind and it's a difficult decision if you're here for a procedure. And I know it's a difficult decision. And we have information on different groups, organizations that have no cost or low cost services. So, you know, obviously now with the Supreme Court decision, there's going to be a whole lot more people coming here. Um, do you, are you going to change what you do at all? Are you going to try to step up anything to kind of serve those other, you know, additional people that are going to be coming here? So, you know, again, that's a good question because we thought about how do you address that, but our mission really remains the same. We reach out to anyone that comes in, um, if they come from out of state or in state, our approach is really the same. We're just, we're here. We're very uh, peaceful, prayerful, law-abiding, you know, so we have good relationships with the hospital workers. And I even think the guard puts up with us too because they know we're not, we're not a threat, you know, we're really not. Good and gracious God, thanksgiving and praise for this day and this opportunity for us to get together. We went to go visit Pastor Alan Boyster. He's the pastor at Hope Lutheran Church in Granite City. Like Jerry, he also stands outside the abortion clinic and has been struggling with the idea of more abortion patients coming to his town. How often do you talk about issues of life and abortion on the pulpit? Every day, every, all the time, yeah. I mean, so I go to the clinic uh, once a week at least. What I do is go over there to the clinic first as a witness to Christ, and uh, uh, statistics show the, the more people we have there, the more is there opportunity for a decision to save the life versus take the life. Tell me um, how you felt. Like, where were you, like, the moment that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and how did you find out, and how did you feel? Just kind of take me into that moment with you. Uh, uh, good, but again, more work to be done, and and you know, care for all. Glad for the direction we're going, but here in the state of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, we've been um, going around to some local business owners, many of whom are like, you know, this is going to be great for us because you know it'll bring in more money and things for hotels and um, boon for hotel and, you know, restaurants and things. And I don't know. I mean, what what would you say to that? Good for businesses, but bad for the reason why. And so very, very uh, reserved on, on all of that. Um, I'll give you an analogy, and it's probably not a good one. But where I come from, 
they had a lot of manufacturing and things, and that was going down, and so they brought in riverboat gambling and all of that sort of stuff. No, oh, we're going to boost our economy. And, and it's like, no, that's not how we want to make our money and do things. And there's a consequence for that. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to be a part of that. What is the consequence? Well, going against God's word. And there is a day of reckoning for that, as well as, you know, anything we're doing to promote or help that versus letting Christ be king. How quickly did you think about what this meant for Granite City? Immediately. Rosemary Brown is the executive director of the local Chamber of Commerce. So basically what that means is that it's her job to make sure that all the businesses in this struggling community are doing well. Rosemary has lived in Granite City her entire life. She's 82 years old, and she just really loves this place. How do you feel about Granite City potentially becoming known as this, you know, huge abortion destination? I think it's sad. We're known as an industrial community. Uh, We have fought a lot of stigma because of it, Mm. of us being an industrial community. What kind of stigma? Oh my God, we're dirty. Hmm. There was a nice article written. I'm trying to think about what newspaper was a national paper, and the headline was Dirty Gritty Granite City. Dirty Gritty Granite City. That's the name of the article Rosemary Remembers being published years ago. We haven't been able to find it, but we could see on her face how much this nickname stung. That's sad. How did that make you feel? It's, it's sad. Yeah. We are ready, but we're proud of it. And now she's thinking through how to even talk to the community about the growing interest in Granite City for a reason that not everyone is comfortable with. I do a newsletter oh, yeah. um, every month, and it's going to be in my newsletter. Hmm. I don't know how, and I don't know how I'm going to write about it, but it's got to be. We've got to start a conversation about it. What are you thinking that you might say? I don't say? know. I, <laughs> last, and to be honest with you, last night, I, did, I don't sleep well anyway. But I was wrestling with this. I finally just really? got up thinking about how in the hell am I going to address this? And I don't know. I, I've got, there's so many businesses here that are my members. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want, I... But yet, we need to look at it. After the break, a business owner who is trying to balance his beliefs with his bottom line. We'll be right back. I've always worked in restaurants. My family, everybody owns restaurants. That's Cesar Caratacha. He owns a Mexican restaurant in Pontoon Beach, just one town over from Granite City. And the location of this restaurant, Tres Caminos, is 
super significant because it's right next to this big cluster of hotels where a lot of people who come to the Hope Clinic stay. And he told us pretty quickly, you know, look, I'm Catholic. We don't believe in that stuff. Like, we don't do that stuff. Abortion's not on our menu, you know? As somebody who sees it as a wrong, as a Catholic, but also a business owner for whom this will be like a boom in business, how do you feel about all these people that are going to come I in? mean, if I get all these people, I mean, they're welcome. They're, I'm, not, I'm nobody to judge, you know? And I'm not going to ask nobody what you're in here for, where you come for, or what are you doing here, stuff like that, you know? If my business grows, I mean, that's... I don't care what they come to do. One thing we heard a lot was that people feel sad that this is something their city might become known for. They don't want to pass judgment, but they also don't love that abortion is becoming such a big topic. It's almost too controversial to talk about. That's Gail. Gail didn't want us to use her last name because she was worried that she would be attacked for her views on abortion. We met her and her friends at the senior center. They were playing a card game that they play every single Wednesday at 12 o'clock. Most of them were in their 80s. And we just waltzed in and started asking them about abortion. Gail, what isn't controversial now? Mm What is it? I know, but this one really is an explosive situation. And um, I'm a woman. I'm on the side of women. Well, I think they made the right decision. This is Betty Homier. And the states will have to do that. I know uh, whether they're going to do it or have the abortions or not. The states are going to have to do that. They didn't say you cannot have an abortion. People are reading it wrong. And this is Deloyette. I feel like it is up to each individual to make that decision. Yeah. You know, because it is their their body and they have to live with the decision that they right. make. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but and what I really disagree with is the fact that most of the states or some of the states do not allow for rape, incest. True. I'm, I totally think that is wrong. So a lot of the people that we met with in Granite City, they were gearing up for this change, gearing up for more and more people coming into their town to get this procedure. But there was this other change that we noticed, and yeah, that was the people were talking about this for the first time. We walked into that senior center and started talking about abortion. And these women, they looked shocked. And they later, as, as they got a little more comfortable with us, they told us that they had known each other, many of them, for decades. But this was the first time that they had ever talked about abortion. On the one hand, these women did think maybe more abortion patients could mean more money for Granite City. But is it worth it? Mm. I don't think it will. 
any more than uh, uh, okaying marijuana, you know. I mean, <laughs> we have a lot casinos. Oh, yeah, it's all for the schools. Yeah. 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 yeah, right. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and people are buying, <laughs> really doing good for the state of Illinois and, and their body. Come on. Illinois is going down the tubes. Back at the bar near the Hope Clinic, the owner, Robin Will, overhears all kinds of conversations about what's happening in Granite City. The unspoken things that people are now starting to talk about. We were sitting outside with Robin on the patio, and she got up and brought out someone she knew to come talk to us, a woman named Tracy. Tracy didn't want us to use her last name or her voice because she's afraid of being identified. But she did want someone to read what she told us. It wasn't easy growing up here. We fought all the time. We dealt with racism all the time. It's discrimination in every aspect, you know? Race, people's choices about abortion, you know? Profiling, stereotyping, it's all here, you know? When did you kind of become aware that the clinic was there? Did you always know? Or? I always knew, because I was, I'm a rape survivor. I've had to use that clinic. It's not their choice. And I have four babies that I birthed. But at the end of the day, you don't make that decision for me and no other female. Again, I've used that clinic on Madison Avenue in Granite City. I had to walk through bundles of people and I had the courage and confidence to turn around and tell them it wasn't their business. How do you feel when you look at that clinic? Like, when you drive by... Hope. Hope. This clinic up here in Granite City is a foundation built on hope, giving women opportunities to be able to make an educated, informed consent to choose. The Hope Clinic for Women is not the only abortion provider in Southern Illinois. There's another one that's already open. It's a Planned Parenthood a couple towns over. And already, since the Roe decision, we're seeing several other clinics, new clinics, saying that they're going to open up. These are clinics that have been forced to shutter in anti-abortion states in Tennessee and in Texas. And to serve their patients, they're going to go to the next closest place, which is here. Caroline Kitchener is a national reporter covering abortion. Ariel Plotnick produced this story, which was edited by Rena Flores, Renita Jablonski, Maggie Penman, and Ted Muldoon, with help from Peter Walston. Ted also mixed this episode, along with help from Rennie Svernofsky and Sean Carter. Thank you to Daryl Paris-Bright for playing the role of Tracy. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. I also want to remind you about a survey we're running right now. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash podcast survey. That's WashingtonPost.com slash podcast survey. When you're done, you can enter to win a $100 gift card. We really appreciate your help. Thank you so much. I'm Elahe Izadi. 
We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.